Hey, today's guest is Kate Grimion, and she talks about her company, Mavenly, living a life of purpose and intention, and much, much more. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And today's guest is Kate Grimion, and Kate is the founder of Mavenly & Co., a community of young women having honest conversations about navigating college, career, in life with purpose and intention. She provides workshops for women transitioning to college, the workplace, and specializes in women in leadership, interpersonal communication, and public relations. So I found Kate somehow on Instagram because I'm always on Instagram and um, either I was on on Kate's uh, Instagram page or they were on mine and and I was like, oh, what is this cool Mavenly & Co.? And so I checked out Kate's Instagram and then also checked out the workshop, I mean, the website that she has and was reading through her story and pretty much read through everyone's stories on the website about what they were doing to empower women. And I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Let's reach out to Kate and see if she would be willing to come on. And she said yes. So here she is today. So Kate, welcome to the show. And uh Thank you so much for coming on. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Blake. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So we were just talking before the show started about uh, our last names because <laughs> I get I get Soulette or or um, yeah, that's that's probably the the main one I get. Yeah. And you said you get Gramillion. That's what yes. I was thinking it was. But now that I know. That there's the the French Creole partner now it makes sense for that. So we were talking yeah. about that beforehand. But um, Kate, just just for starters for today's show, I'm curious to you know know your bio because you have like an interesting story and <laughs> and it's it's such it's very non-linear on how you got to um, where you are today. So could we start there? Absolutely. And it's so funny because I think now that I work with so many different women on their career paths, it's been really beneficial that I've done a lot of hopping around, but you're definitely right. It's been nonlinear for sure. So um, I went to college and I picked a major just like anyone else. And I kind of stuck with it because that was the answer that sounded really good to me. So I was a mass communications major specializing in public relations. And so what you did with that major naturally was go to a big PR firm and and work for amazing clients and spend your life kind of wearing pencil skirts and working in these high-rise buildings, which sounded amazing and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through my whole college career thinking I would do that. And at my senior year, about January, one of my advisors recommended that I do some work for an organization I was in at the time, which was my sorority, Delta Gamma. So they have this position that's a one-year term limit. And basically, you travel around the country, a different city every week, and 
kind of working with women through this sorority, through the organization. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it was very cool. And I definitely wasn't thinking it would be something I would enjoy as a job. I kind of saw it as like a year off, which is like horrible to say now. But I was like, oh, I get like a year to get paid to travel around the country <laughs> before I have my first big girl job. So oh, yeah. that sounds, yeah, it sounds like fun. Um, so I did that. I got the job. I was so excited. I basically spent um, a week or so in basically every city in America. Like uh, I went to Harvard, UCLA, Texas Tech, like all of these different universities and um, just spent time with women there in those organizations. And so we would talk a lot about sorority stuff, but ultimately we would always end up talking about career paths and life journeys. And it was just so interesting to me how little time we were spending having conversations about career and what women wanted to do with the rest of their lives. Mm. We're here, yeah, spending all this money, maybe like six figures or more now on higher education without a real plan for what women wanted to do. Like most often the conversation would lend to like, I'm not quite sure I could do this or that. I'm not really sure what after graduation is going to look like. And that was really surprising for me. Um, So I kind of just like kept that with me, but didn't really act on it at the time. Then once that one year term limit was over, I was like, okay, now it's time to get my big girl job. Mm -hmm. Um, So I applied for a job at a huge PR agency in Dallas, Texas, and I got the job and I was there for all of two weeks before I realized like this (laughs) is not for me. I stayed much longer, but that was like two weeks in was my realization of like, I can't sit at a desk from eight to five. I can't work on spreadsheets. I like have a lot of trouble with just kind of the logistics of what my day was looking like. It was very different. I had just come off the road from like spending days working like 14, 15 hour days, but I was doing something that I loved, something I'm so passionate about. Um, And this was just a big change. And I think what was hard for me is like, that was my dream job. That was the thing that I was working toward. And then the realization that my dream job wasn't my dream was like the biggest slap in the face because yeah, I had gone through my whole career just kind of like working towards this moment and like being really confident that I would love this. I made good grades. I had interns. I thought, this is it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And realizing that that wasn't the case was like, um, it was definitely the quote unquote quarter life crisis. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, in the most extreme way. Like, I'm sure my parents will tell you. I was like, I'm going to die in this coffin <laughs> shaped like a cubicle. This is going to be terrible. Um, and what's crazy is, like, I loved the people there. I loved, like, the clients I was working on. But it was just, like, what my day-to-day actually looked like was just not vibing with me. It wasn't who I was. Um And so about, I stayed there for about six to eight months. And after that, I was like, okay, I have to make a change. And all I knew how to do up to that point was research. All you learn to do in school is research and study. So I was like, I guess I'll just talk to like every woman I know and see like if they have jobs they like, why they like them and just get a lot of details. And so I spent so much time interviewing women and these weren't interviews like, so what do you do? How did you get there? Mm -hmm. I would like grill. I would be like, tell me in 30 minute increments how you spend your day? Like, what do you not like about your day? What do you love about your day? Like, how do you feel when you get home? Like it was, I'm sure these women now I like feels I should write them all like apologies <laughs> slash thank you notes because it was ridiculous. Um, but once I got all that information, I realized like, wow, there's so much information I've amassed. And these women have spent so much time talking to me that it would really be a disservice to all of this time if I didn't share it in some way. Right. Um, 
Yeah. So Mavenly really started as like a blog. It was not a company by any means. I had no intention of turning it into a company. I was doing some freelance marketing for some people in DC at the time. So that's how I was making money. And Mm so I didn't see it as something, I mean, like I didn't realize you could make money doing anything like that. Right. Um, So I put it out as a resource mostly because the women I had met when I was on the road were still reaching out to me. Um, So I would send that stuff to them. And uh, gradually, we just started growing a little bit of a following. And so um, people were starting to ask questions about certain topics. And so our team would do research. I ended up asking some writers since I was a mass communications major in college. Some women I knew when I was in college, I ended up asking them to write for Mavenly, and so they did. Um, and so we would write about all these different topics we thought were kind of missing in this space of like millennial career advice. Um, and so that transitioned into a podcast, which transitioned into these workshops that we're doing now. And that's kind of our business model right now is we have these amazing two-day immersion workshops where women come and we kind of revamp what their career and life looks like and kind of move towards a really actionable way of getting what they want. And I think because I've had a nonlinear career path, it's been super helpful for me to walk through this with women because I understand from like a very elementary standpoint of like how to identify what's working and what's not working and move forward. Because I think a lot of times we think, I don't like this job, I'll just get a different job, but we see the same patterns. And so being able to identify what about that job we truly do not like and we truly do like and how we're going to make improvements in the next stage is essential. And so that's what we do with women. We talk about decision-making and habit-forming pieces of your personality and your day so that you can move into a career space that you truly enjoy. Mm, so that is very interesting, and I love hearing that because just to to hear how your mind was working through those uh, different stages, and it wasn't like like you said, it wasn't planned. It just kind of you know one thing led to the next, and you just kept on progressing forward with whatever opened up. So I did want to ask too when you had that that moment, um, just to get what was going through your mind that moment when you realized you know the 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 corporate PR job wasn't for you what what type of emotions like were you going through had you experienced you know something like that before where where you were working so hard to you know get to that level and then you realize well geez this wasn't it and how did you really process that Absolutely. So I actually remember even like physically where I was sitting. So like I said, I had just come off the road, like meeting with some of the brightest women I'd ever met and chatting with them about really important topics that were affecting them daily. And I just remember in my new job, I'm sitting in a meeting and we're talking about how to get one of our clients in Playboy magazine. That was the conversation we were having. And I remember just sitting there thinking like, what is the purpose of this? Like, Mm -hmm. is my legacy going to be, I got this like tech company in Playboy magazine and that's like my big win for the day. And I remember just feeling like it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying the people I was around. It wasn't that I wasn't enjoying my clients. It was that finding purposeful work for me was not in corporate public relations. Mm. Um, And what my day physically looked like was not something that was enjoyable to me because I'm the type of person where if I sit at a desk from eight to five or to be realistic, like eight to eight sometimes, (laughs) um, I don't eat well. I don't exercise well. I don't communicate with my friends. I'm not a good girlfriend. I'm not a good family member. Like it just, the structure of that day is not energizing to me. And so now 
how I structure my day is very different from the day I was having then. But I just remember thinking that this is not purposeful work for me. I purposefully like don't feel fulfilled when I'm doing this type of work. And I think that was the moment for me of like, when we think about like, when you die in your eulogy or like when you have a legacy, like what legacy am I leaving? Like finding ways to get tech companies into Playboy. Like Mm -hmm. to me, I just felt like that wasn't, especially having already experienced a job where I did feel like I was making an impact every single day in a purposeful way. I think it was hard to revert back. And so I'm so thankful that I had that job with my sorority first, because I think I probably would have said, Oh, well, this is a job and a job is a job. Had I not had that experience because, Mm -hmm. Because I remember vividly thinking like, wait, I just got paid to do something that I love, travel around the country, talk to women, help them with their lives. I got paid to do that. So why can't I get paid to do that again? Because clearly this is not the environment for me. And you can ask my dad. I like called him in like a dead panic, like crying <laughs> because I was like, I'm going to like die. My only thing that I will have accomplished is like getting people featured in Playboy. Like this is terrible. Um, so yeah, I definitely remember feeling helpless. I remember feeling paralyzed because I felt like I had no other skills. And what I think, um, you know, helped me is really identifying times when I felt at my best, times when I felt strong, times when I felt like the work I was doing was just, um, something that I constantly wanted to be working on. And so that's something that was helpful for me instead of just thinking like my resume doesn't reflect, um, what I like to do. And that's a scary moment for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. So now you're, you're you're in this stage where you have this this awesome I'm sure awesome you know website I was reading through there and, and and just seeing all of the the women who were you know sharing stories and their insights about uh different transitions of their lives and and having the podcast and the mm-hmm. Instagram account and and also these two day immersion workshops how if you were you know, sitting with a, a another woman, and she was coming to you to say, "I'm, I'm stuck. How can I start making this transition? How are you helping or guiding women to to get to these um, these these new areas of their life that they haven't, you know, really um, been able to do on their own? Like, well, how do you help them get out of what?" in your situation, doing something that you really didn't feel was purposeful to now um, moving towards something else that they have passion about, but also Mm -hmm. making, uh, you know, making income or some sort of money from doing it. Absolutely. Great question. Um, And so this is something, obviously, because of the work we do, we attract a lot of women who Mm -hmm. are kind of feeling that um, either career comparison, like they have a career that's drastically different than a lot of their friends, or they're not at the level of their friends and they're panicking, or they got themselves into a career where they're not enjoying their work. And so we work with women in both of those scenarios. And really, um, this is what we call the Mavenly mindset, but we start with really looking internally. So we look at our own values, our own strengths and our own priorities. And the sad thing is I feel like a lot of people just haven't done this before. They haven't really thought critically about what they value and the mission statement of their life and kind of what work they would enjoy doing from their past. So if we look back for a lot of people and just think about and reflect on our own lives, there's so much information there that we've just glossed over and has kind of gone into our subconscious that can really help us move forward. So actually the first day of our workshops, we just spend a whole lot of time 
time learning about ourselves mm-hmm. because so many of us have either been at a cocktail party when we were like in seventh grade and a parent asked us what we wanted to do and we said like fire right. chief or like <laughs> we doctor and when they gave us positive feedback we were like oh I like positive feedback that's great so I'll stick with this mm-hmm. that has happened to so many people like I can't tell you how many people have been like when I was six years old I liked to argue so they told me I should be a lawyer and right. it's like wait lawyers spend maybe like a fourth, maybe a 16th of their day arguing. The rest of it is reading and researching and debriefing. And it's not all arguing. So you're not even doing that all day if you're a lawyer. So that's a pretty bad way to pick a career path. Um, but that's how a lot of us have picked career paths. It's like saying, you like to help people. You should be a doctor. Like, well, you should also probably like love to study. Like my boyfriend right now, he's in medical school. And I'm like, yeah, he likes to help people, but he also has to do a lot of other things for the rest of the like 15 hours a day that he's doing work that mm. don't involve helping people directly. Um, so we just do some reflecting and see like when's a moment you felt at your best? When's a moment you were doing work and time just flew by and you didn't even notice? When's a time when you felt really what we call like in flow or in the zone when you were doing work? And let's reflect and kind of unpack that. So we do a lot of reflection, maybe even back to your childhood of like things you really enjoyed doing, whether it was building or um, talking in front of the class or, um, you know, like dissecting things in science class. Like we go back and we really think like, when are times that you felt most alive when you were doing work? When are times when you felt most energized when you were doing work? You spent a whole day working and you just felt like you could like run a marathon afterwards. And then after that, we start to look at different paths where this could be an option. So that's where a lot of the women on our website and our Mavens We Love section come into play because for a lot of women, they just need to see that it's possible. They need to see that their their career path or what they want to do is possible. So like some of the jobs we have on there are very traditional in like a STEM format, but we also have women on there that write for BuzzFeed, that design for Coca-Cola, that are entrepreneurs, that um, have their own nutrition companies. And we purposely have a wide range of women because we want to show the message that like you can do anything you want. And most of these women didn't start out in this career path or like wake up knowing when they were five years old that they were going to write for BuzzFeed. Like that's not how it works. And so um, we really unpack what you want your days to look like and then what careers lend itself to that. Because most times it's not the content of our work that we get dissatisfied with. We Mm -hmm. find interest in a lot of things. And that's why I frequently make the distinction between passion and purpose. So like I'm passionate about communications. I'm passionate about public relations. I love solving problems that way. I just can't do it sitting in a corporate office. Right. So I need a day where like currently my day looks like I wake up very early. I work till about 9am and then I take a break because at noon I'm like, what are the Kardashians wearing? And like, (laughs) what's going on in social media? And like, what silly thing did Donald Trump say today? Like my brain cannot work at noon. That's just like, how my personal body works and how my personality is. And then I start back up again around two, three, and I work to like eight or nine. Okay. And that's just my productivity setting. That's how I like working. That's when I'm in the zone. That's how I work best. Um, and then I split my days into different things. Like I record podcasts on certain days. I write for our blog on certain days. I do all of our logistics on certain days. And it really helps me because I've identified my personal set of priorities and values and how I'm going to accomplish that in a way that 
feels good to me. Um, so I just need to be doing work that I feel like is making a difference or has a purpose. I don't necessarily need to be working on things I'm passionate about. Like I'm passionate about social justice. Doesn't mean I need to be a social worker. Sure. I can volunteer in my free time, but how I'm making money for me personally needs to be something where I see a direct link to the people I'm helping. And that's only something I learned through trial and error and a million trials and a million <laughs> errors of just identifying me personally, what my personal mission statement is, what makes me feel good, what work makes me feel energized, and moving forward. And that's not to say everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. We've worked with women who hate their jobs, and we say, okay, why do you hate your jobs? And we realize, ultimately, it's because you're spending six hours of your workday answering emails. Mm -hmm. So what you can do in that situation is go to your boss and saying, hey, I'm spending six hours of my day answering emails. I would love for it to be three hours. Can you help me do that? Right. And so we can empower each other to stay in corporate positions, stay in jobs, but just make it a day and a lifestyle designed by you that makes you feel good. I love that. And I wanted to ask you, what is your your personal uh, mission statement? Yeah. And so honestly, it's evolved Mm -hmm. so often. And I think for so many people, it does naturally because we're humans and we evolve as people. But I think for me, helping women create a lifestyle by their own design is the thing that I'm passionate about. I think I personally, because I struggled with it and I was paralyzed by it and then see so many of my friends that are smart and ambitious and driven, just be paralyzed when it comes to being 24 and 25 and thinking about the rest of their life. It was something that seemed seemed like such a problem to me that shouldn't be a problem. And so for me, I really thrive off of helping women tell their story and do it in a way that helps them achieve a lifestyle by their own design. Um, and I think it's just something that it's so funny. You see a direct correlation between really smart, ambitious women and women struggling with this problem because it takes time to realize a life plan or a purposeful life that feels good to you. It's not something that most people wake up with. And we just currently don't have any systems in place to help women do that. So I think for me, that's become my personal mission is to help as many women as possible, identify a life that feels good to them and then find actionable ways to get there. That's awesome. And I do want to condone you for for doing that and, and, and realizing that that was a you know, uh, an area where women definitely need help and, and that you weren't like, well, someone else can probably come up with it. (laughs) I'll I'll let them do it and and just stay where I'm at because I don't know how I can make that happen. So, uh, kudos to you for, for, uh, taking a risk to, to make this happen. I don't, I don't even know. Did you really see it as a risk though? When you, when you started doing this? Um, I think I only started seeing it as a risk because of very logical people in my life, like Mm -hmm. my parents and my grandpa being like, what are you doing? Like you're quitting this job with a salary and a 401k plan to like write on the internet about women. Like that's crazy. Um, but I think for me, I knew that, um, Brene Brown has this great quote that thinking of a lot of times we hear the quote of like, what would you do if you can't fail? Um, and she rephrases it to say, what would you do if you failed anyway? So Mm. like if you were going to fail, if you knew that it wasn't going to work out, what would you be proud of yourself for doing? And this was it for me. I knew that I had so many friends coming to me, like just in desperation, to be quite honest, of thinking like, 
there's nothing out there that I know is like the career path for me and I'm struggling and I'm drowning and I made good grades and I have all the internships and I'm as smart as can be, but I haven't found something I enjoy and it's keeping me from a life I love. Like that was just unacceptable to me, especially after we had spent money on college tuition and gotten all of these recommendations and referrals and for women to feel that way was totally unacceptable for me. So I think I definitely saw it as a risk, but I also saw it as something that I was willing to risk for the potential reward of helping someone. So like I like for us, like it by no means is this the most lucrative career in the world. I'm not making a ton of money by any means, but I'm making enough money to satisfy my lifestyle and the benefits of what I get to do every day far outweighs any money that I would be making. And so I think that's the cost benefit analysis women need to do is like, there might be this career that's really lucrative or um, low risk, but at the end of the day, is that the legacy you want to leave? And is that the career you want to do for the rest of your your life knowing that you'll make a lot of money, but are you even living a life where you can spend that money in a way that you truly want to do? And it's a lot of times hard for people to make that negotiation with themselves. Um, but it's really important to me to be doing something every day that I care about. That's just the type of personality that I am. Mm. So when, cause you just talked about lifestyle and, and being able to, you know, kind of navigate through that, the way, uh, the way that you design it, how, when do you, you know, shut it down? I know you talked about your schedule on, on how you do things, but I know, I know you're not doing this like all day, every day, sitting behind your computer or, or, um, you know, writing up articles. Yeah. I'm sure you have it set up and you mentioned, alluded to it earlier as certain days that you are doing, um, the podcast, writing for your blog and handling other logistics. But do you still find yourself at times, um, you know, working past midnight or you'd say, okay, I did this for a certain amount of time and I'm going to shut it down for the day. Honestly. And I think you can talk to anyone who's in this line of work or Mm -hmm. has found work that they really enjoy. There's no off switch. And my parents can tell you this. My sister who lives with me can tell you this. My boyfriend can tell you this. There are so many times where I'll like pop up at 2 a.m. and people would just see like the glowing light from like my office, my home office. (laughs) And I'm like cranking away and I'm like, I just thought of this like new video idea or like this new concept or um, we just happen to have a following. We're very fortunate that we have a podcast following in like Australia or Tel Aviv are different time zones. So I'll get an email pop up and I'm like, oh my God, that's a great idea. And just like start cranking away at a blog post or a podcast write up or um, a new product for us. And so I very rarely have days where I'm not constantly thinking about what I'm doing, but Mm -hmm. I think once you identify work that is really meaningful to you, you don't really want to turn it off all the time. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't take a break. There's definitely times where I'm like, okay, for this weekend, I just need to like turn the cell phone off and, um, you know, focus on my relationships and my friendships and, um, you know, relaxing. That definitely happens. But by no means is there a time where I'm like, oh, it's six o'clock. Got to hop off my computer. Um, but I think that's a product of me doing work that I just really, truly enjoy and care about. And so I'm constantly wanting to make it the best that it can be. And sometimes that means, you know, whenever you have an idea at 3 a.m., just going up to your computer and uh, typing up a little bit or designing a brochure a little differently because it's something you care about. Mm. So let's talk about um, designing for a moment too and the yeah. different the social media platforms that you are using. How how have you found it best to, you know, communicate your message? Because when you hear it and 
right? I mean, I, I believe you get it right away when you say it. You know, you're helping you know women design a career and life of purpose. Was when you were uh, originally you know, beginning to put that idea out there and and sharing it. Was that um, on your part a lot of you know putting it in front of a lot of people, or do, or did people started being attracted to to what you were doing? And how have you? Um, feel that you've been able to, you know, stand out and, and, and draw so much attention and have these women, uh, come to your workshops and, and listen to everything that Maybelline Co. was putting out there. Absolutely. So I definitely lucked out a little bit in the beginning because mm-hmm. I had that job with Delta Gamma. I knew so many women around the country. Okay. So when we started Mavenly, I emailed, oh my God, like I probably sent, I want to say like close to 87 Facebook messages okay. within that first week. <laughs> women in like Baltimore and Montana and Utah being like, hey, remember me from like two years ago? I visited (laughs) your chapter. Well, I'm starting this thing and I would really love your feedback. Like, let me know if it's something you are interested in like hearing more about or if you have any women you'd recommend to our profile section or if there's any topics you're interested in. So I was really lucky that I kind of had that built-in network from my first job. Okay. Um, So that was really helpful. But I think too, um, one thing that was really helpful for me is identifying other people in the space that are doing similar things and finding people in their networks and connecting with them. Um, So there's lots of women we connect with that talk about negotiation. There's lots of women we connect with that talk specifically about career coaching. And those are all topics that are similar to the ones that we cover. So I was very intentional about reaching out to them and finding ways to bring them into our community and on our podcast so that we could really start to build that community. So um, one of the ways I think that we've stood out a little bit is lifestyle design for women that are going into college and going into the workplace. It's a conversation that oftentimes happens like after college, once you've already had that quarter life crisis, like that's when we start freaking out and doing that research. Mm -hmm. But there isn't a ton of work Um, like right when women are going into college about making that experience optimal or right when you graduate college, kind of getting on the right foot and making sure that you're finding work that's purposeful and meaningful to you. And so I think that it's a niche for us because we've designed our own curriculum. I've hired women that are experts in curriculum design and experience design to create it. So it's not just something that like, oh, I created a blog for a year. You should come listen to me talk. It's like, this is stuff that's been researched and studied and implemented um, and has actionable resources for the women that are going through our workshop. So I think that's what's important to me is a lot of times we'll read a BuzzFeed article about being productive and then we forget everything we read or we don't apply it to our lives because like the five quick, easy ways right. <laughs> to like make yourself 10 times better. And it's like, that's just not how self-improvement works. <laughs> you don't like read a BuzzFeed article and become like your most self-actualized self. Like it's not how anything works. That's why our workshops, they are a commitment financially. They are commitment time-wise because becoming the best version of yourself takes time. Like I didn't realize the exact work I wanted to do for two plus years. Mm -hmm. I had to constantly be doing research and work on myself. And so that's something I think that differentiates us and makes us stand out in the workplace and makes women more loyal fans because I'm much more concerned with having women that truly buy into what we're doing. Like when I get the emails and the text messages like, Hey, what you told us about on the podcast last week was really helpful. Like, here's how I did my start, stop, continue exercise. Like, thank you so much. That means so much more to me than like 500 likes on an Instagram post. I think you kind of have to have your priorities in place and realize that 
what's really important for you needs to be driving your business goals. And what was really important for me was actually making an impact, not having, um, you know, the most likes on a status from people that don't even actually care about our workshops or what we're doing. So, um, that's why for me, um, getting really clear about what you want to accomplish and then attracting those types of people was the route that we went with. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and so just to re, Put that back out there too, so people can yeah. hear. You were talking about, you know, yes, it's cool to have the 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 Instagram and the likes, but it's not as important as what the main goal is, which is actually helping uh, and and seeing that that positive direct impact on the women that that you are serving. And uh, can you talk about you know age? Cause I know you're helping women who are you know, either trend going to college or uh, already in a career and they want to make a, a transition. What what age of women are are you working with? And, and has, has it been an, an equal mix of, you know, millennials and, and then women, you know, maybe 30 or 40 plus? That's what's really interesting. We found out a lot about our audience once we put out these workshops. Mm-hmm. So these are actually a direct reflection of the requests from our audience. So we'll have women email us frequently saying like, man, I would love to just like get in person with someone and talk more about negotiation or talk more about productivity or talk more about designing a day that feels good to me. And um, because we have a now global audience, that can be very challenging. So the thing that we were trying to accomplish with these workshops is to get people in an a place where we can have these conversations and then create actionable items for them to move forward. So for us, we found that people most often are looking for this information when they're in times of transition. So when you're making a major life transition, that's a time when you're kind of looking around saying like, how can I do this the best way possible? So for us, we saw those major life transitions for women as going to college and then moving into the workplace. Those are times when women are kind of looking for and seeking this information. So we have our Maven U workshop, which is a workshop for women that are moving into college and looking to optimize their college experience. So we talk a lot about planning your day in a way that's going to be best for you. We talk a lot about picking your major. We talk a lot about like resilience and how your life is going to change in college and how you can adapt really well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is only for women who are graduating high school and moving into college. So that's only for women who are high school seniors. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a really fun group to work with because they are moving into an area where um, their life will potentially tra- change pretty drastically. Um, like just because you have one class that day, it doesn't mean you only do work for an hour that day. And that's kind of a very different mentality from high school. Right. Um, so a lot of life shifts, a lot of changes in friendships, a lot of changes in just what you're studying and what your day looks like and how to, um, it's really the first time a lot of these women have autonomy. So really making the best use of that time and those skills and those resources on your college campuses is something that we focus on in Maven U. And we see a great return from the women who really invest in that experience. Okay. Um, yeah. And then our second workshop is Maven Masterclass. So that's for women that are either moving into the workplace or navigating the workplace. So we say like less than five years into your career. So we have women ranging from basically 22 to 29 years old. So really um, in your 20s, still trying to navigate your career. Um, and we find that kind of our sweet spot of women that 
bought into it immediately or 25, 26, only because that's a time when you're realizing like, okay, if I'm going to change, I need to make a change now. And I need to really look into what I want to be doing and how I want my day to look. But we find it's most beneficial to kind of be proactive and do it when you're 22, 23, if you can, because information is only something you get better at with time. So if you just kind of want to catch it on the front end, um, you know, right when you graduate college is a great time to go through our workshop. But the women who are 25, 26 seem to realize the value of it immediately, just like when they read through the description, because it is a universal experience for a lot of women to say, oh my gosh, I studied to go to law school and I am in law school and I actually realize this isn't what I want to do. How do I navigate my way out of here? How do I find what I want to do? Or if I know what I want to do, how do I get there? And that's what we help women with. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So it's really in that, in that age range right there. But have you had any, had any outliers yet when maybe someone 40 plus is coming in or, or, or does it tend to just be those age groups right there? So we actually, we, um, limit our workshops to women that for the, our Maven U, they have to be graduating high school and then women have to be less than five years into their career. And the only reason we do that is we think a big part of our workshops is community building. Mm -hmm. Um, so women that are kind of in the same stage of life, they can really bounce off each other and have form those relationships when they find that they're kind of in the same stage. That's not to say like a lot of our information, my mom even calls me and she's like, that was a great article. Like I'm applying that today. <laughs> like I've been way too overwhelmed and stressed and this is a great way to combat that. Um, we'll actually be moving into some online products soon. That's really for okay. that audience, kind of for anyone that's looking for information around lifestyle design. But for our in-person workshops, we like to have our communities around the same age or in the same transition in life just because we find the community building aspect is so important. Got it. And and speaking of, you know, reducing overwhelm, what what would be a, a tip for that? What was the article that you were talking about that um that your mom was able to apply? Yeah, absolutely. So something that we call, we call it Sunday night syndrome, actually, because mm-hmm. we found that a lot of young women on Sunday nights before they either start school again or start work again, that's when the anxiety starts to set in. That's when they start to think like, oh my gosh, my week's going to be so busy or I have so much to do. And we just kind of let ourselves drown in this thought of all the things that we have to do without being productive or finding a manageable way to organize it all. Um, so one of the techniques we use in our workshops is called start stop continue. So you make a list of literally everything you have to do or everything that's on your mind, kind of just do a brain dump. So like for me, that's everything from like launching a new product, which is a very expansive project to like taking out the trash or calling a friend or anything that I'm feeling overwhelmed with. I write it all down. Um, and then I put everything into three different columns, whether I need to start doing something different to make myself feel less overwhelmed, stop doing something that I'm doing currently that's making me overwhelmed or continue doing something that's being very beneficial. Um, so I just kind of categorize it that way because I find that one, writing everything down is very helpful. Like just physically being able to look at it makes it more manageable. Um, and then also realizing that you can be in control and you can manage 
manage this. Like you decide how busy you are. You decide how productive you are. And that only happens through planning. Um, there's this great book out called The Power of Habit. And it talks a lot about why um, certain people are able to break habits and certain people aren't. And one of the key pieces to breaking a habit is planning. Just like expertly planning and making smart goals and making, um, you know, really detailed plans that you can follow because it makes you feel in control and it makes you feel powerful. And so, um, that's something that I actually do not even every Sunday, but I'll do it like randomly in the week. If I'm feeling stressed out on like Mm -hmm. the back of a grocery receipt, like, okay, what's something that I'm doing? Like I've recently like dropped off a lot of my volunteer projects that I really love. And if I didn't, um, take time to really analyze my life, I'd probably still be doing them, but it's, um, making, I'm realizing that the more I commit to everything suffers a little bit instead of everything being really great. So instead of being able to give a hundred percent to everything, I'm giving like 20% to everything and Mm -hmm. everyone's upset. So the people, the volunteer organizations are upset because I can't give enough time. My relationships with my friends is suffering because I'm not spending enough time with them. So I find when I spread myself too thin, everything suffers. And so I really have to pick stages in my life where I'm focusing on certain things and find my three things that day that I really need to get done and focus on those solely without doing all these other things and realize that I can do anything I want to do, but I can't do every Everything I want to do and being very intentional in those selections. Oh, wow. That makes a lot of sense because I, I feel like there's been times in, in my own life where I have, you know, the, the typical checklist and all the things that I want to get done. So you found it, you know, from your research and actually applying it that it's better to limit yourself to a certain amount of things each day. Absolutely. And actually, Whitney English, she designs the Day Designer, which is a planner. Um, And she talks about how really you can only do three things a day effectively, like really effectively. And so I find if I have a list of 60 things I need to do, I'm probably just going to do a really bad job at all of them or like do the things that are easiest first that aren't necessarily the ones that need to get done first. Um, And so I kind of will let my ego control what I end up doing. Like, okay, like I send something off to the mail days over like congratulations and it's like no I really need to find out what the priorities are and what I need to be doing to move forward and make those things the most important things I do that day okay I love hearing yeah. that and so cool it's in that that helps with confidence too um, and making yeah. sure you're in, in control of of, of your day to day life and then we already talked about you know creating and designing your own life which is I'm sure that's very fun for for the women who are doing it and and what is what's your takeaway from that? I wanted to ask that earlier too like when you see um this transformation happening in these women, what is it that that you intrinsically feel about it? Oh my God, it is the best feeling. Like it's better than any feeling I have ever felt. And it's only because I have been in that position. I've been Mm -hmm. in the position of feeling helpless, feeling paralyzed, feeling like I didn't have any concrete skills to move forward. So when someone leaves our workshop and says, like a great example is um, one of the women who has been listening to our podcast for a while and really um, consuming our content reached out to us and said, you know, I really want a job with this one design company. They're very popular. They have like 400,000 followers on Instagram and they'd probably never notice me. Like, what can I do? And I was like, well, you know, like 
from all of your assessments and like the work you've done with us, like you're someone that's really creative. You're someone that can do things really out of the box. So why don't you create a really creative message and like tweet at them and like just do something really interesting. Um, And she was like, okay, like I'm going to do that. That sounds good. She like remade this picture of their team with her already in it and like dressed really (laughs) funnily. And like tweeted at them being like, isn't it awesome when you realize you're like already part of the gang or something really funny. Um, And she tweeted at them and they actually featured her on their Instagram account being like, this is the best job request we've ever received. Like so funny to like find this resume via Twitter. And it's like to see that action happen from someone and to have given them a tangible goal to set and to see them execute on it. And then for them to be featured on an Instagram account with like 400,000 people for a company they really love is something that's so gratifying. And it only comes through someone giving you actionable advice. That's awesome. I'm, I definitely yeah. know I'm going to be telling, you know, all the women that I know to check out what you guys are doing because, because I, I feel like this is applicable to anyone and especially the age groups that you are targeting. So I'll definitely I will be sharing this because I, cause I want people to find what it is that, that they at least, you know, like you're doing, enjoy, um, how they're spending their days. So definitely have people to share this with. So how can, how can they check out, you know, what you are doing? You talked about the podcast. Um, where can they find that at? And then also, um, your blog and how to find more information about the um, workshops. Absolutely. So the best place to find all of our resources is on our website. So you can go to www.mavenly.co. So not .com, .co. Um, and then our podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud and pretty much anywhere where you find your podcast. It's mm-hmm. just the Mavenly podcast. Um, and then if you want to sign up for a workshop, we currently have them in New Orleans, Los Angeles, and Atlanta this summer. Um, so definitely feel free to come to one of our workshops. We actually have some good um travel deals and hotel deals. If you're looking for that, if you want to come from out of town, a lot of women are actually coming to our New Orleans one and our Los Angeles one is like a girl's getaway. So like some girls are, yeah, taking a trip to all come together, which I think is probably the best way to do it, make a vacation out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's always Saturday, Sunday, so weekends, which is really nice. Um, And they can find all that stuff on our website, or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Co. Awesome. And then before I let you go, I just want to say thank you so much for 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 coming on and explaining that journey and and just really what what lights you up and, and how you are, you know, positively, you know, impacting women, you know, that are transitioning from high school into college and making the best out of that time. And then also the women who are still early on in their careers and are are seeing that they want more or that they want to create their 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 job lifestyle to fit more and what they feel inclined to do. So that is really cool. Um, I will probably even listen to your shows too. <laughs> I I know I'm not a woman, but I just like I like hearing the the information and and, and love checking out how other people are are uh, are finding ways to you know put it out there and then and learning as much from it as I can. So that is really cool and um. Also, the final question I would like to ask is, you know, what would be, you know, your definition of fulfilling life's yearnings? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Blake, thank you so much. This has been absolutely amazing. And I would have to say for me, fulfilling life's yearnings is just waking up every day, knowing that what you're going to do that day is something you love. That ultimately I think is success, just living by example and doing what truly fulfills you because it will light up the people around you. Awesome. So that was Kate Grimion on today's episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And stay tuned for, you know, you can check out everything about this episode on the, um, the on the website, fulfillinglifesyearnings.com. And then all the links that Kate was sharing will be provided there as well. So that's today's show. Awesome. Um, Kate, again, it was wonderful. And talk to you soon. Blake, thank you so much. This was wonderful. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.